Helping one another. When do people bear responsibility for their own destiny? How much of a handout versus a hand up do you give people? Should we limit our own generosity? How much effort should be focused in our own city or neighborhoods versus worldwide? And what should we do specifically in providing the help? Who's responsible for it? Individuals? Corporations? Churches? Government? Think about this as we launch out onto the loop and discuss to help and be helped today on Curiosity Continuum. This is Josh. And this is Brian. Thank you for joining us today on Curiosity Continuum. For those of you tuning in for the first time, Curiosity Continuum is a podcast and movement started by two lifelong friends who want to spark your curiosity, help you integrate information, enhance your everyday contextual awareness in a constantly changing world by sharing conversations with you that explore, examine, and reframe common practical topics. If you want to receive updates when new content is available, please be sure to hit subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you can receive notifications when there is something new to listen to. We appreciate you, our listeners, for engaging with us and sharing your own curiosities with us as the hosts and with your friends and other ones in your life as you explore topics together. And as always, you guys can find us on uh, www.curiositycontinuum.com. And from there, you can get links of our socials. And we really do love your feedback. Um, I've had some friends lately who have just started listening and have given us some good feedback. And Brian gets feedback all the time, too. Um, not maybe, you know, face-to-face, but we get the feedback. So we do want you guys to keep giving that to us. We want to make sure that we are, uh, make sure, you know, Josh and I are going to record the things that we that we feel are good and important. Right. But these things are also, uh, if it's only an echo chamber for ourselves, then we've kind of missed the intent of what we want to do on this podcast. Right. Right. Absolutely. So today, Brian, we were talking about, um, we frame it to help and be helped. But really, it's about social help. It's about help, like when you help family. It's like when you help friends. And maybe not just um, emotional help, but maybe financial help. Especially as you get older, you have people that are, you know, you're going to school, you're doing this, you're doing that. And, you you know, maybe you lose a job, whatever. You may need help. There's social things to help that click in in our country anyway, in the United States, depending on where you live, um, to help you. But we're also talking a little bit about that, right? Yeah. Let's just talk about the concept of help in the first place. Okay. You know, if you're totally self-sufficient, which is a myth, by the way, you know, you don't need help. It's like, hey, I got everything good. Well, even millionaires, I think, are they're they're not totally self-sufficient because you you need other people. That's right. (laughs) I mean, even if like you're a multi-billionaire, like some of the world's wealthiest, you know, there are certain things that they cannot do and that they don't do well, and so. It's not a it's not a weakness to admit your weaknesses. It's actually like you're very self aware of those things. That's actually real strength. It is real to strength. admit you need help. Yes. Yeah. And it's a it's a noble thing to have the power to help. Now there are seasons where, like people go through up seasons and they go through down seasons. Right. And it doesn't mean that th- they somehow drop the ball. Now sometimes it is because of our own choices right. that we end up in situations. Other times life just happens to you and there's no control over that. Yeah. And to know that you have somebody to reach out to to say, I need some help. And I think you said this, um, you were talking about this before, and maybe it was another episode where like you met like a homeless person or somebody that had been homeless and they told you their story and you're like, you know what, that could be like me. 
Absolutely. That was, uh, I remember hearing how it happened. Right. And I, I have a couple, few different ones that are, are kind of springing to mind at the same time. But there was a guy, and uh, when I was uh, up in the Northeast on a conference, and I was walking down the street, there was a guy, he said, you got any money? I said, well, you know, I'd, I'd love to go buy you some food. And so I went and actually bought him and had a conversation with him and stuff like that. Right. And it was interesting just to hear his story. And his particular story was that he was a veteran that kind of fell on hard times. And I realized, like, he didn't really do anything to put himself in the situation. Of course, it was like yeah. A, it was like a series of events that put him there. And I'm like, am I really so different than that? Um, there's another gentleman who, uh, through another type of financial situation, ended up homeless. And he now runs a, a very successful kitchen in um, Nashville that actually helps other homeless to be able to have a job and, and right. Know, get into so homes. he's given back. He's given back. But yeah. I, I listen to his story. I'm going like, but that wasn't very different than my own. Right. And I think where, where people, especially like, well, pff, why does that person need help? If they were to like kind of poo poo on the situation or kind of look down, it's like you have to keep in mind that that could have been you. And I think people who don't see when they're in a position to help to offer help, there's, um, there sometimes can be emotional collateral damage that's right, happened. Right, right. Like, and, like and with I mean, family. Yeah, exactly. Like with family or friends or somebody closer to you emotionally. Also, we're not talking about like helping people until you yourself need help. <laughs> we're talking about helping when you actually can help. Yes. There's a healthy self-care. Um, sometimes in codependent relationships especially, you'll, you'll hit the situation where like you feel like you need to give even though you have nothing to give. Right. And that's not good for anybody. Right. You know, it, it's because then you're just creating another person needs help. Right. It's yeah. the same reason why, like on planes, when they said in case of emergency and the, and the oxygen masks fall down, you help yourself first before then, you help the child next right, to you. Now, right. you might say, I need to help the child. But if you pass out, the child can't help themselves. Right. They, so, need, they need someone like yeah. you. Yeah. Yep. So that's a good place, I think, to kind of like frame what help is or what we're talking about when we say help. Yeah. Let's talk about self-help, Josh. Okay. So, I mean, like, um, I know in, in a few episodes ago, you know, we were talking about uh, your own journey as far as uh, being mentally... Like mental health? Mental we- mental yeah. wellness and stuff like that because of your own things that you've, you, you've dealt with, depression and how you've managed that. There's a self-help mechanism. Like, even for you, you said, like, there are things that you might, you have done in the past that helped you kind of get to a place of wellness. Right. You know, can you talk about that a little bit, like how the self-help started with you and like how you realized that or and who helped you? Sure. Okay. So my self-help journey honestly began a long time ago when I, I was young, I was really young and I was still, I was starting to feel this, like just wait, the depression kind of waiting on me. I didn't really understand what it was because I was, I was young. I was like 12, 12 or 13. You know, and there was a lot of stuff in my own life. I think, I think around that age, I think as a as a child, I think you start understanding more of the dynamical relationships around you, and maybe you're thinking like, "Oh, I want to help all these people," or I like, I'm just feeling the weight. And I think that at that point, that's when it started getting to me. I didn't know how to like compartmentalize the help I needed from the help I wanted, that kind of thing. So. Really, I realized that I needed to help myself because I went to a mental uh, health facility in St. Cloud, which was like 35 miles from our house. I saw people that were truly mentally disturbed and they were like, like one guy was like in his 50s. And I was I was like 13 at the time walking around the hall all night long and just talking to himself. 
So I'm like, okay, this guy needs help. I remember getting on the phone that one time and telling my dad, I said, there's people here that are crazy. I need to come home. But I realized that I needed the help too. It was just a different type of help. And I I also realized that this type of help, like the help I could do myself. But I had to realize I needed the help first. So I did go to like groups and like we talked. I did all that. I did medication for about two years. I was on medication for it. Until I kind of like, not really weaned myself off of it, but just said, you know what, let's just try without medicine. And I still went to a counselor and everything like that. And that really helps. It helps to talk to somebody sometimes when you're not, somebody that's not family or friends. Because some even a professional that can kind of just like, I'm not saying it always has to be a professional, but should be. I really do feel it should be because at least that person is kind of like not judging you. Well, even if they are, they're not telling you they're judging you. But <laughs> right. you know what I mean? Like somebody like that. You need to talk to somebody else. It's because they, they have tools that they've been taught right. to be able to help help you navigate. Not just their own like self-navigation, but like here's tools to help you navigate. Right. And like you said, it's an objective viewpoint into something. Right. They're not as emotionally intertwined. Right. And you're not in... I think the more important thing is you're not emotionally intertwined with them. Right. That's the key. Yeah. I found that out real quickly. Like I used to be this real neat freak person. I used to have like almost to a fault. Like I would have my, I refold all my clothes in my room. I would like clean up my room. I would do all this stuff. But when Brian really came over to my house, I wasn't like that anymore. Nope. He got therapy real good that way. (laughs) And I'm kind of in that way now, right now with this room. But (laughs) That is kind of how I I learned to mitigate it. Like, I had to shut off certain things. Yeah. And I did it because, and I know, like, it's a constant battle with my wife and I. But it is like I shut this, some of that stuff off because if I turn it back on, I'm kind of afraid that I'll get to that point again where I can't function anymore because that's all I'm worried about. That actually makes sense. And it's, um, sometimes the help comes in the fact of knowing where your boundaries are as a person. Yeah. You know, like I can do this, but I can't do that. Right. And every, every relate, every relational set always has a set of boundaries. What, and the things where it becomes unhealthy or codependent or things like that is when it over actually overruns boundaries. Mm-hmm. Like the boundaries are actually healthy things. Right. You know, like a boundaries between a parent and a child or two friends or yeah. whatever. There's boundaries. Right. It's like you might have the desire to give blood because that's a, a noble thing to do. And if you got diseases, you got five diseases, like you ain't helping anybody. Or it's like. Or yourself by right. giving blood. Or like, you know, yeah. if Josh needed blood and he needed blood and I could give him a pint, but they suck me dry. Like, <laughs> you know, Josh might be okay, but then, you know, that's not good for me. Right. And that it sounds funny to think about it in those terms, but really, th- like. The, in in blood, you only have so much volume in your body. There's a physical limit of what you can give. Right. But people don't oftentimes have the same gauge mentally or spiritually about what they're able to give from themselves until they really come in tune with it. You know, a lot of times life coaches, all they're doing is, I don't say all because this is very helpful and I've had them in my own life and they're wonderful, but they help you kind of actually gauge that. Like if you're tired after a long day, oh, I should go to bed. But especially right. like you said, if you're emotionally close to like the person, like your mother, your father, your brother, your sister, you may you, go beyond your limits. Often you do. And you do. Until it becomes userous and then you don't realize how sometimes, how like that's why, you know, Christmas for some folks is a wonderful feeling time of year because I get to see my family. I get to have 
you know, all the treats and the cookies and, right. and the stuff. And for some people, it's a really stressful time of year because of what it right. represents for them. Right. And I think that's too kind of like, um, like, like you're talking about like the joy of giving, like you're, like you like to get, especially as you get older. Like, don't you like to like help people? Yeah. You want to like give something to them. Like, that's the one thing as I get older, like I more enjoy giving gifts or we go have like dinner and I pay for it or whatever. I just feel better that way. So, but that is like, just something we have to watch out for. Like that you're giving too much of yourself. You need to kind of maybe pull it back a little bit. Yeah. Some of the best gifts also too, they, they cost you something. Mm-hmm. You know, it's easy to give something if it like, oh yeah, whatever. Right. You know, but if it actually is meaningful, mm-hmm. those are things that actually the more you give in that way, in a healthy way, it actually is a, a has the benefit of, of rewarding yourself also. Like, don't don't give out of, like, I'm going to get something out of this myself and I'm going to go give. Right. But it really does, and it, that's just kind of like how giving works. Right. It. So what's the application of this whole thing, Brian? I want to I dial it back because I think that there's um, many ways you could say, like, on a big level what we do and what, uh, as far as a country, as far as a city. But at the end of the day, like, that's a group of people. Right. And so for us to go, like, what is my... My station, you don't have to solve all the problems. You don't have to solve it even completely. No. But you can help. And help means that you have helped somebody in their, assisted somebody in their time of need, right, in some way, shape, or form. Whether it's like you like you have the single mom that's uh, short on money when she's going through the line at the grocery store, and it's five bucks, and you just help make that happen. Right. You know? Or it could be something where, like, uh, you know, the unglamorous parts of friendship when they say, hey, can you help me move? It'll only be a couple hours. It's never a couple hours. You're like, okay, I'm blocking the day for you, and I'm going to be over there. Right. There's a personal responsibility. And one of the practical things we can do is actually put time in our schedule to be helpful. Sure. To have the so we're not so so we're not so focused on us. Yeah. There's this idea that if you're just crazy busy, that somehow that's the reward, and that like you somehow achieve something. Yeah, I and I've caught myself in that where I've where people say, "How are you? How are you today?" I'm like, "I'm busy." Yeah. I'm like, well, that's not really a, how am I? Right. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. It's a, it's a situation of life. Right. You know, um, if we, if we carve time to do that and not only just carve out the time, but so that you're kind of aware and getting off your phone and actually paying attention. That's the thing. You need to be aware about it. Yeah. So, and so that's kind of, if you leave time in your schedule, even just to be aware of that, you'll be amazed at the things that you never saw. It's like when you, uh, you know, you buy a Honda. And you never paid attention to Hondas. Like, how many Hondas are on the road? It's like, it's just because you became aware of it contextually. Yeah. Or even the same color make. <laughs> yeah. It's like, they stole like, my car. <laughs> like, I, uh, I drove, I drove the, driven this road 25 times and I've never seen one. Now I see four. Yep. <laughs> you know? So. Yeah. So those, those are practical things you can do. But I think it's, that's probably a good place to put a comment in the conversation, Josh. I think so too. So until next time, this is Brian. And this is Josh. For Curiosity Continuum. Thank you.